know me, it's frightening how many novels of suspense I've written. But still, when I'm not recognized, it just kills me. You enter the chilling world of the Stephen King Library. Imagine an exclusive collection of horror, Pet Cemetery, The Shining, Christine, The Chart Toppers, the books that became blockbuster movies. The Stephen King Library, where the master is coming back to haunt you. And thanks for tuning into the show, folks. <laughs> That's part three. That's all we have to say. Good night. No. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Geeky Poetic Podcast. This is part three of our part two. <laughs> this is episode, so many parts. Yeah. Of yeah. Exactly. It's the it's the second half. The dark half. <laughs> not, not really. It's all dark. Um. Of our Stephen King retrospective, which we started all the way back in May of 2018. Mm-hmm. Only took us a year and a half to get around to the second half. But it's a lot to get. It's, there's it's a, lot a lot to absorb. Stuff here. Sure yeah. We've covered a lot of ground. We sure as shit have. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first part of our uh, second half, whatever. <laughs> part, part 2A. Yeah, part yeah, 2A. We covered uh, most of the 1990s, and then in 2B, we did uh, the first decade of the 21st century, so from 2000 to 2009, and now we are at 2010. The year we made contact. It is the year we made contact, but uh, we're here to talk about 2010 and on to I'd say today, but not even today. We're looking at tomorrow because we're going to talk about a bunch of the upcoming King stuff that's going to be coming out. Uh, Before I go any further, I'm sure you already know, but for anybody who just might happen to stumble on this episode and it's the first time you've ever listened to Geeking Poetic Podcast, we welcome you. My name is Larry. As you got to say, I got to say it like, like. Salem's Lot guy? Yeah, or Dave Richardson (laughs) from the Gruesomes. My old buddy, he would go, Larry! (laughs) Guy was a character. He is is a character. He's a great guy. Uh, And across from me, 70,000 tons of metal love for all you all. Getting close to it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't meaning literally. I was meaning like... When they put the cast on his foot, he'll be closer uh, to it. That's true. See, we're still... For those who haven't already been informed, I broke Vito's toe the other day. Anyway, yeah, but he's still here. He's still breathing for now. They haven't had to amputate yet, and hopefully they won't. And then uh, the uh, the third the third one here, the one that we affectionately refer to as Miss Cujo. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I was just going to say, for anybody that goes, geez, Larry, that's mean. Are you trying to say she's a dog? No, not at all. She's not a dog, but she is a biter. She gets bitey, folks. Anytime me or Vito like say something smart alky, if she's close enough, she she lashes out with the teeth, man. It's true. <laughs> she it's can't true. Even, you can't see her right now, but she has it. a guilty look on her face. We have enough videos of me biting things. <laughs> exactly. She is she is a biter. She is our own little velociraptor. And rabid dog wrapped into one. We have none other than Megan Guess. Yep. Even though we've covered what forty years prior of this man's yeah. career up to that, this last chunk here represents not only what I consider some of the best of the best, like some of the best King stuff, but also some stuff that just blows. <laughs> I mean, like maybe he it, was doing blow up because well, yeah, to be fair, he was still recovering from his accident. Okay, let's, yeah, let's right. give him that credit. Yeah, well, but <laughs> what I was gonna say is, to be fair, the stuff that blows here, to me, for the most part, is Isn't not him? is not King's fault. I think that the source material of his is all pretty good. Where I'm going to object, and oh, you're going to hear about it, is going <laughs> oh, to be yes, you will. in some of the interpretations of it because what we are discussing here are not just the books but also the movie adaptations the tv series the mini series adaptations we're, we're covering all media basically um even talking about audiobooks and stuff you know because mm-hmm. we're some of these we're familiar with the audiobooks mm-hmm. and we are also only talking about 
the titles that we're familiar with because there's a lot of stuff we haven't seen. So some of you guys out there might go, oh, I can't believe you didn't talk about such and such. And it's not necessarily because it's good or bad. It's just maybe we're not that familiar with it. Or we just kind of picked out ones that we thought were interesting. Yeah, the most noteworthy to discuss and everything. So please leave comments and let us know if there's things you feel like we should have touched on or whatever because we would like to know like we genuinely want to know it's not this is not just like bait for like you know like and subscribe and comment like <laughs> we really want to know like if there's something where it's like guys you have to read this book I, right. if you didn't because there's so much of it we can't read it all you know and there's other authors we like and oof, yeah. believe true. me we're trying we're trying to read them all yeah there's a lot of books there is man yeah so if you guys have specific um recommendations let us know Let's jump in here. I think we're going to jump in with a uh, one that Vito is familiar with. And we're talking about the novel from 2010, which is called Full Dark, No Stars. This is a um, short story collection of four novellas. And this is King's, like literally this title says it all, Full Dark, No Stars. It is the darkest stuff I have ever read by King. Really? really? Yeah, it's like terrible <laughs> not like in a bad way but like this is like really dark depressing shit Ooh. um so first off you got 1922 which is basically right which they just did a netflix adaptation about two years ago i believe yes in 2017 there we yeah. go and this is about a farm um a guy and his son mm -hmm. literally murder his mom yep in her bed just stay on the farm yeah and it's gruesome. Right. Now, have either of you guys watched the Netflix um, movie of this? Yes. Yes. It's gruesome. <laughs> yeah. Is it, but is it, is it good, though? Yes. I think it's really good, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. In a gruesome way. Yeah. Huh. I enjoyed it. Just, uh, I'll just say the cow. Yeah. Oh, come on. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, the cow. Yeah. <laughs> ah, see. Now you're already... You, you, <laughs> It's. I'm glad you said that because just saying that, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I don't want to watch it. Because you the know, cows in the building in the house with him. Like, yeah, the cows in there with him. The cow, like, take it. The cow bites it, huh? But the cow's the cover to cover up oh. the yeah. dead body. Yeah. Right. Okay, I know. Okay, I knew that actually. I knew yeah. that much about the story because I know the general gist of this story. He's got King's got a fascination with throwing things down a well, man, with broken limbs and stuff. I don't know. It's well, <laughs> King has yeah, a fascination. Yeah, when they showed her, and the he bottom. had a he had a kid that yeah. bit it the same way in the stand. Like this eight or ten year old kid right. fell down a hole and he died right. after the fucking apocalypse or whatever. Right, right. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, what other stories are in this book uh, the besides one 1922? Is called, uh, Big Driver, which okay. I believe they made a TV movie of, if I'm not mistaken. Basically, it's a female writer. She gets invited to talk, and on the way back to her um, house or hotel, she gets basically run over by this guy in a big truck and gets raped and thrown into pretty much like a sewer, and he leaves her for dead, but she's not dead, oh. and she goes on vengeance to try to find this guy, okay. and there's a twist at the end that's pretty fucked up. Uh, third one is Fair Extension, which is um, basically like this guy who makes a deal with the devil at this airport mm -hmm. and he basically gets wealth and riches, but at the expense of someone else's life, like his friend gets cancer and stuff, but he all of a sudden becomes rich and it's very, very dark. Well, I'll say this. I mean, if there's ever been a time when I would have been possibly tempted into making a deal with the devil, it probably could have been at an airport because, <laughs> because man, you know, sometimes you're you like, I would sell my soul right now not to be standing in this fucking line and waiting for this fucking flight, you know, that's been delayed for three hours and, and now have to sit on a plane for nine and a half hours. Uh, so I take it you, you enjoy this one. You give it oh, a thumbs yeah. up. There's one more called A Good Marriage. A Good Marriage is based basically off the BTK killer. Do you guys remember that guy? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was interested in checking that one out. And it sounded like it, like maybe he was a serial killer or yeah, something yeah, that yeah. she found. What does yeah. BTK stand for? Bind, torture, kill. Oh, 
I was gonna say, does it stand for like "Born to Kill" or something? It's like <laughs> he's a BTK killer, and it's like, well, he's born to kill. I mean, that was a pretty dead giveaway, you know. He was like the sheriff of this town in Kansas, <gasps> really, and he was a serial killer for like twenty five years or something, and nobody knew it was this fucking guy. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess if you're gonna be a serial killer, that's like the kind of you know you get those kind of jobs, man. You know, be like a sheriff, be like a surgeon, be yeah. like all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, so King King basically based this off of that story. This is a business guy who would go out of town every once in a while. While he was out of town, he would find somebody, torture them, mm-hmm. kill them, and then his wife had no idea. But then she found a box of stuff, and wow. shit hits the fan. I'll just put it at that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no more good marriage? Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's not so good not marriage. So good. <laughs> you, not so good. <laughs> Um, all right, but uh, as far as the, uh, do you have anything you want to say, Meg, about the, um, the nineteen twenty two uh, Netflix show? Because you said you saw that. Because I haven't, I haven't seen this yet. I, I, I heard so much about it. I heard about the cow. Heard about all that <laughs> and everything. But I mean, yeah, like Vito said, it's just a, a, a guy, and he decides, you know, he's going to kill his wife because she's determined that she wants to sell the farm. It's her farm. She can sell if she wants to. She wants a divorce. And he's like, no, we're not selling it. This is my life. And then he convinces a 16-year-old kid or something, his yeah, son, to help right. brutally murder his mother. Right. It is brutal, dude. I it mean, is very brutal. It's like a knife stab brutal where she isn't dying. And <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So this chick tried to sell the farm, but then instead she wound up buying, buying the, the farm. farm. <laughs> sure <laughs> did. What a twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but it, it's... It, I, a twist in the end is it it all goes horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Wow! And, and the sun ends up way yeah. And... The sun ends up going off, and he takes a really left turn. A hard left turn. Yeah, yeah it's there. Yeah, it's he, multiple. He tried to dimensions. escape it. You you can't escape it at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. but okay. So you guys give this thumbs up. Two thumbs up thumbs for this up. one. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that sounds like that was a good television adaptation of a of a story oh yeah for sure well that's perfect because (laughs) this next one not so much now we're going to segue hope you guys are sitting down for the next two hours because we got a good one here oh well we've to unleash larry we hey yeah you are about to unleash larry but i think we all have something to say about this we do because we we've all read this book and to different levels i think we all really like this book and we're talking about the non although well i guess you can't say it's non-horror because it's still got horror elements especially the stuff that happens in maine right we're talking about the book eleven twenty two sixty three. now for anybody out there that doesn't know what the book's about it's probably a little bit of a giveaway by the title in that it does have to do with the kennedy assassination uh, specifically, what it has to do with is in modern day times, there is a teacher named Jake Epping. He lives and works in a uh, school in Maine. He is going through a bad separation and then divorce with his wife. He's middle aged. He's feeling kind of a little lost. You know, he's never been somebody who could deal with emotions very well and not in the sense that because he's overly emotional he's always been sort of cold and cold and unresponsive and not ever been very passionate about anything as by pure happenstance or whatever he frequents a diner owned by this grizzly guy al grizzled old guy al uh and there's also a third character that was this guy harry who was the uh custodian at at jake's school and harry was uh mentally challenged and everything and jake comes to find out that through this whole story that that harry writes for him that back in the late 50s for unexplained reasons harry's father on halloween night attacked his family with a hammer he said and uh, murdered everybody in the family and brain damaged Harry. Anyway, so what ends up happening is just by, <laughs> you know, whatever chance you never understand why this happens. But it turns out that in Al's diner in the pantry, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. In the pantry, there is 
a portal that goes back to a set point in time in 1958, in late summer Mm -hmm. 1958. He decides to confide in Jake that this portal exists. Of course, at first, Jake doesn't believe him until he convinces Jake through much prodding to go through this portal. Jake experiences it, comes back, and now believes. And what ends up happening is um, Al is dying from cancer and cannot make the trip back and forth anymore. Uh, But in his trips and everything, he's come up with a whole concept of how somebody needs to go back in time and stop Lee Harvey Oswald from assassinating Kennedy. And he's written all these notes and all these theories. He's got this whole thing and, and Jake isn't totally buying into it, but he kind of starts to think like, maybe this is, yeah, maybe this is plausible. Maybe this needs to be done. Maybe this is a sign at the same time. It just so happens that 1958 is the same year that Harry's father committed those murders. And so Jake kind of gets an idea in his head that, well, I can go and stop that from ever happening. And then if that works, then I know I can go ahead and maybe I can stop Kennedy and maybe the world will be a better place. And, uh, I mean, I can't explain, I won't explain any more about that because it just gets so convoluted as you would expect. But it's such a great time travel. It's one of the best. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. So it doesn't make it easy. Right. And And nothing's easy. And what I love about it, yeah, well, he says the past is obdurate. Yes. You know, so what I love about it is the fact that I love the idea that King addresses this because so many of us, I mean, we did a whole episode talking about time travel. Mm-hmm. And the thing that people don't really think about is that you think about doing time travel as being something that would be awesome because like I could change this, I could fix this, I could write this, I could save this person or I could what I could kill Hitler or whatever. And you don't realize that doing that, you have no idea what the actual outcome of that would in fact be because sometimes even with your best intentions, you know, nature is meant to take its course. And this gets into that, into Mm -hmm. talking about whether or not nature is kind of like a sentient uh, thing that will stop you yeah. and actually put you know obstacles in your way to stop you from changing time and everything. It gets into all that. There's a really great romance story that comes in in the second half of the of the book that's not that's not cheesy and you know overly mushy and everything. It's it's very realistic. It's it's heartfelt. It's awesome. Uh, this book also almost had another terrible Stephen King ending. (laughs) But thankfully, Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, read the manuscript or whatever of it, and Joe said, Dad, you you can't end this book this way. Like, you're going to disappoint everybody (laughs) and everything. And he kind of gave him some insight. And then King ended up rewriting the end, and the end is perfect. The end is great. It's a perfect way to end the story it's it's awesome and this for me for the book this is like 10 thumbs up this is one of my favorite books at least of the last 10 20 years like this is such a good book even far beyond stephen king standards like and kind of like what was the other one that you was it under the dome where he started having the concepts for under the dome way back yep. like when he was first coming up with stories mm-hmm. this is another one he originally came up with a concept for this back in like the early 70s and again it was one of those things where he just realized like the amount of research and everything to go into doing this accurately historically accurate and all that right was just way too much so he just put it on the back burner and then thankfully then in the late um decade of the of the first decade of the 2000s he decided to revisit this and he did a great job yeah this is one of my favorite books of all time dude yep, yep. like i lost my shit when i finished reading it cuz larry was only recommended it to me i was like oh that sounds really interesting and this book is what got me onto my whole stephen king 
reading phenomenon that took my over my life for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> From the look right. of this table, I, yeah. I think it did. This well, table is full of Stephen King books. And I mean, this in 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 a way, th- it was what spurned us on to start this podcast because Vito and I were talking about all this so much. You know, and it was because I've read a lot of these stories, seen a lot of these movies, and then he was, and we were talking about it all the time on band trips and things like that, that I was just like, we need to just do this officially. Like, let's do a podcast. We dragged this one over here. (laughs) Conned me into this. Yeah, we conned her into it, got her her in because we knew she was a nerd, like the rest (laughs) of us. And here we are. So this book means a lot to us. I mean, Meg, you only recently finally finished because you started it a while ago. I, yes. You guys both re- recommended this book to me. A couple years ago. A couple yeah. years, several years ago. Probably like <laughs> almost five years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> and I started reading it and I, I, I just finally finished it like last week. Right. I, I hauled ass trying to get this <laughs> done in time. But and wasn't then, it good? It was good. It was well worth it. Yeah. I'm glad I, I finally made myself buckle down and and get it read. It was very good. Um, with Stephen King, like with Lisey's story, I was, I was dreading seeing how big it was. And like, oh, he's going to do the thing where he talks, puts all this extra bullshit in it that I don't care about. <laughs> and there's a lot of extra stuff in there, but it's not bullshit stuff. It all pertains no. to it somehow in some it, way. It does. And it's not, he's not like repeating himself over and right, over. No. And so I, it held my interest very you, well. You could probably cut out, you know, 100 or 150 pages out of this book and it would still be a great book, but... You still have like 800 more pages. <laughs> right. But I'm saying, but 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 that's what I'm saying. There are other books like It and stuff where there are just tons of parts of that book that are that I'm like, this is either totally pointless or just dumb. Yeah. And like not helping the story at all. And there's none of that in here. There are points in this book kind of around the middle when he's traveling across the south going from Florida to New Orleans yeah. to to uh, Texas and everything where it gets a little long and you're like, okay, move on. You've been in New Orleans long enough now. Just just move on. You're only in 1960 or whatever it is. We've got three more years <laughs> before the assassination occurs. Like, come on, like move move along. But never at never to a point where I was like, oh, I'm losing interest in this book. It was mm-hmm. just more like impatience, kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, get, you know, I really wanted to get to here because I'm really curious to see, but it wasn't just like yawn. Yeah, it doesn't help knowing you have three more years to go. Right. Like, come on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it was more impatience than like boredom or disinterest. Like the middle of the stand novel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here we go, get the power turned back on. Okay, cool. 300 pages later, we still got to get that power turned on, man. So, <laughs> right. dude, fucking get out of here already, man. Right, right, right. Oh. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I never felt that way with this one. Lisey's story, yes. This one, no. Right. And, I mean, and while we're talking about it before we move on to the negative, <laughs> um, let me just say, audiobook, fucking phenomenal. Fuck yeah, it is. Such a good, I've listened to a pretty fair amount of audiobooks. And this is one of the best ones. Like the, it's got to walk that fine line between like a movie and a reading, just reading a book. Mm-hmm. I want it to be able to still like it, you know, visualize what's going on. Yeah, and enhance my imagination for it. Excellent, excellent audio book. Highly recommended, especially since it's such a big book. For any of you out there that are like, yeah, I was tempted to read it because I heard it's good, but man, that's a long book. Get the audio book. Yes. It, it'll it'll make it so much better, right? That's what I did. Right, <laughs> right, and it and it and it worked. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Real quick, to be fair, you were unlike me and Vito, who love the audio books. You were never an audio book fan. No, I and to be honest, I still have issues with it because I have a hard time connecting with the characters. Okay, but I'm. I'm in my car driving around so much that that's what I do now. Yeah. And it helps me f- stay focused on it. Right. So I'm able to get, I've got through set, a lot of books recently yeah. doing that. So now so. you're starting to like. So now I'm, I'm getting into it. Yeah. So I'm that's, hoping with time the whole character connection thing will fix itself. <laughs> we'll see. In 2015, <laughs> it was announced 
that to much of our trepidation but excitement that Hulu TV were going to do an eight-part miniseries on based on 112263. JJ Abrams was going to be the executive producer of it. They got James Franco to be Jake Epping. That was it, it just I, I was so excited because I by that point I had already read the book I don't know how many times, probably four or five times at least by that point. So I've read this book at least a dozen times. Hmm. Um and when I say read, I mean like I've listened to the audiobook and stuff audio. too. Yeah, exactly. So I was so excited. I know we were excited. We were like, wow. That's the that's, reason I wanted to get a Hulu account. Uh, the first that's way, the huh? whole reason I got the. Yeah, you guys were super <laughs> excited. Hulu account. <laughs> yep, I ran out and bought that Hulu account. <laughs> I've still got it. I mean, Hulu's cool. It's still got good stuff on there. There's plenty of, and they've got more good stuff lately. But, um,. Yeah, that was like the selling point. I was like, oh, okay, they're going to have 112263. And then I started seeing commercials for it. And, you know, I mean, they're just commercials, trailers, whatever. It's only a couple minutes. And I'm like looking at scenes they're showing. And I'm like, oh, wow, that, okay, that's not, I don't know what that context of that car crash and blowing up is or with all those bugs in this scene. I don't. There's there's what? there's nothing like that in the book at all. I don't know what context that's going to be, but I went all right. Well, but you know, okay, that they that's what they do. You know, everything from Salem's Lot and The Shining on through all these other ones, it and so on and so forth. They've always changed a few bits of except it, except for the Langoliers. Well, just send it out there, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They've always changed things and they've had to compress them, you know, and there's things they're going to alter for different reasons. And I'm like, uh, I can accept that, you know, some, I mean, I, even though I love it, the book, I prefer the miniseries and people could think I'm crazy for that, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I was like, okay, that's fine, man. I'm cool with it. And then it finally came out and I sat down and I watched the first episode and I have never been more fucking crestfallen <laughs> that I can ever think of. I mean, I think of like, man, you know, I sat through like Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, you know, like I, I, I hey, Attack of the Clones is good, man. Oh, my <clears throat> God. Really? Vito. Attack of the Clones is a piece of fucking oh, festering raccoon shit. What do you know? Rac <laughs> what do I know? What do I know? A Can little bit. Can we save any of this maybe for our Star no, Wars episode no, we're going to do in no, a few months? No, because here's the thing. J.J. Abrams saved saved the Star Wars franchise with Force Awakens, but he fucking murdered <laughs> the fucking interpretation for Hulu of eleven twenty two sixty three, the fucking miniseries is a pile of dog <laughs> shit. All right, we were on agreement on that at least. Because yes, all around. Because here's the thing, folks. I am fine with you having to adapt. I'm fine with you having to edit, adapt, switch some things around for logistical reasons, for time constraints, all that kind of stuff. They literally took the most basic premise of this book, which was Jake, Sadie, who becomes his girlfriend eventually, you know, Al owns the bar, Harry, uh, his, his father tried, you know, murdered the family, blah, blah, blah. There's a time portal. We're going to try to save Kennedy. That's it. That is literally the only thing that is similar between the book and the miniseries. They changed every other facet of the fucking story. They took characters and made them completely any unlike Bill, anything <laughs> yeah, that's unlike, when they lost me. unlike anything he is in the book. They 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 completely wrote Maine out of it. Like now the the things happen in Kentucky, so there's no explanation for why the horrible things happened back in 1958. Because that's the other thing. Spoilers. This ties the first half of this book ties in with fucking it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the big things that was so exciting about it. It was like, holy shit. He meets this, Bev and fucking Richie. Yeah. Man. Bev, right. Bevy from the Levy and Richie are there. And, and, and it ties into the whole, like the evil that 
possesses the town, yeah. so to speak. And that's why Harry's father did what he did. And that was the whole explanation for it. <laughs> and getting into just when when he goes back in time to 58 and he just pretty quickly starts to realize, like, something's wrong with this town. And that was like, especially if you're an It fan, you're yeah. like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is that's awesome. It's not a sequel, but it's like an addendum, you know, yeah. like loved it. Fucking miniseries. Oh, fuck that. We don't need any of that. We'll just make it happen in Kentucky now. And we'll make it that he, he goes after uh, Jake and he becomes ill and all this stuff because because he thinks that Jake's trying to fuck girl. his wife yeah. and all this stuff. And it's and he's a drinker. And I'm like, oh, God. I remember watching that first episode, and he's like almost immediately, like within twenty minutes or something, he's in Texas. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like what? What? Wait, wait, you wait! Even there for like four years. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's already in Texas, and like, what's going on? Wait, he just met Sadie. Yeah. Like this shouldn't have even happened until like episode four or five or something. Like, ruined it. Ruined it. Like the three of us could take our fucking cameras and our green screen <laughs> and our lights and we could do a better fucking adaptation of this book than they did. Shame on you, you motherfuckers for ruining that. <laughs> I really hope that someday, maybe before we die, they will Redo revisit it. this and give it the proper because this book, like I said, it's long. Did it need to be edited for a movie or series? Yes. Did it need to have some things logistically changed? Some things could be cut out because some rep repetition of mm -hmm. ideas. Yes, that's fine. But this movie did not need to be rewritten. The story as it was, was perfect. And to rewrite it is arrogant and stupid. <laughs> and I've been waiting for fucking four <laughs> years to fucking say that. I, I, I'm still mad about it. Couldn't tell. <laughs> You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. All right, so moving on. So we get to 2013. Now, this is a story that I am not familiar with. Heard a little bit about it, but we are talking about Joyland. Yes, we are. Uh-oh. So is this your guys' time to have a little rant, maybe? maybe. The first the first syllable of this title is extremely misleading. Okay. Because there was well, no joy in this in this novel for you me. Are insane. I thought it was a cute novel. Oh, here we problem. go. See now I can take a seat. I could just kind of sit back. Oh, Vito's taking off his glasses. We're in trouble. Uh-oh. This is a cute novel, and that's not how that's it was marketed. That's not how it was marketed to me. To me, it was marketed as a murder mystery amusement park haunted house ghost story. Mm -hmm. And that couldn't be farther from the fucking truth. Okay. Well, it's not true. All right, it's there's a hint, there's a hint of that, and maybe the last fucking what a hundred pages, if that. It takes a while. It's Stephen King. It takes I a know. while to build up. It does do that. But it is a shorter story. It is. I. I don't even know. I forgot how many pages this is. I oh. guess. It, would you call one. it a full novel? How many pages have we got? Uh, or is that more of a, no a novella? I guess so. It's like two hundred eighty-three pages. So I guess that kind of falls in a novella territory, or just yeah. above novella. Yeah. So it takes place in an amusement park. So there's your joy. <laughs> and there is a haunted house, and there is a ghost Barely. in the haunted house. Barely. <laughs> now, what I am um, was disappointed in was that I thought the main character was going to have interaction with this ghost or find the ghost and release the ghost or whatever, and, and he doesn't. No. He never even sees the ghost. Right. So I, I was a little disappointed in that. I'll give you that. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun coming of age story for that guy. Yeah, but it was. I mean, 
I mean, I, I got through reading it just fine. I was just like, where is this going? And then it got somewhere. I was like, that's where you went. You didn't even go fucking anywhere. You just like stopped. And then you kind of pigeonholed this ghost story in where it's like nothing happened. Yeah, remotely the ghost related to that the entire time. Irrelevant. Yeah, it's basically him being depressed well, or something, going to work at an amusement park, dressed up as a dog. And then he finds this old <laughs> MILF that he ends up banging that's got like the son that's in a wheelchair. Uh-huh. And then. You're like, okay, and then what? Oh, yeah, and then we're going to the amusement park, and then there's this guy that's like got a sniper rifle or something, and then there's no ghost, or there might be a ghost, but we don't see the ghost. There is a ghost. The little boy sees her leave. He saves her. He releases her into the spirit world. <laughs> you guys can't see the look Vito just shot me, but he's not buying it at all. No, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Yeah. See, and it even says... Hard case crime on the cover. <laughs> what hard case crime was involved in this book? Well, they found the killer and he was brought to justice. <sighs> Sorry, I'm not buying it. <laughs> yeah, I was not not a fan of this book. And I was so excited because this was, I think, the next book I read immediately after 112263 from King. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, dude, this is going to be awesome. This book was fucking great. I cannot wait to read this. Mm, yeah, I th- then- there's a problem there, yeah. And then I was like, what the fuck is this? It's better than Lisey's story. I'm sure it is from what you described. (laughs) Yeah, Lisey's story. I kept checking. I was like, this isn't, I read what it was supposed to be about. This isn't it. (laughs) And I kept going back and reading the descriptions. Like, okay, yeah, that's what it says it is. And I kept reading. I was like, no, seriously, this isn't the same book. What is, what book is this? And I. Well, see, uh, and that's why we're doing this for all you people out there. (laughs) We're doing a public service because you cannot go by the way Stephen King books are titled and marketed and <laughs> categorized because it's all bullshit. Yep. It's a lie. It's a goddamn lie. All right. So as far as Joyland goes, thumbs up, thumbs down. I would give it a thumbs up. I thought it was enjoyable for a fun, fun read. It's not like overly grotesque and horrific, but that's true. Um, yeah. I mean, I read it in like six hours or something. Yeah. It's, so it's a, a super quick, short one. Yeah. So thumbs down, Vito? Yeah, for me, thumbs down. Okay, yeah. all right. Sorry. We got, we got divisive. Uh, maybe someday <laughs> I'll read it and I'll try to break the, uh, we'll see. Break which way. Yeah, we'll figure out who who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> there is no right and wrong. I know, I'm joking. So moving on, uh, another thing that came out in 2013 in terms of uh, movie stuff and everything was the remake of Carrie. Now, I never saw it. Did I have you? not either. I saw it once on Netflix. Okay, and? I enjoyed it. I thought it was just fine. Now, how how different was it from the original? Man, it was a while since I've seen it, but obviously, I forgot what the chick's name is that plays Carrie. She's not, you know, Sissy this. Spacek yeah, and she's not like this ugly, pimple-faced chick. Like, she's like a really pretty girl. So you're like, well, why the fuck is she getting bullied? You know, Oh, it's, mean, oh it was Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz. Very, yeah. yeah, Chloe oh. Grace Moretz is awesome. Yeah. But I just thought like some of the action scenes were cool. The horrific blood stuff was cool. Right. The way she used her powers and I don't know. I thought it was neat. Okay. It was more action-y than it was the original Carrie where that was kind of more okay. of a mood atmospheric type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't obviously a lot of special effects, if any, in that movie. This one was more action-y special effects, which I dig. But okay, so the, oh, the thumbs up for the remake yeah, of that. Yeah, okay, we're cool. checking out. I think. Yeah, it's one of those that I've been meaning to check out. Now, another book that I think, from the sounds of it, is was received a little bit better by Megan that came out <laughs> the same year as Joyland was the book for the follow-up to The Shining, which is Doctor Sleep. Yes. Now you read that one. I did read that one. And. Uh, I would give it a thumbs up. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting to follow up with Danny, get to see Danny and see how his life has turned out after The Shining in the hotel. And it's not all pretty fancy roses and stuff no, for him. It all. did not turn out well for him at all. He's a drunk and he's got to get his life together. And But he doesn't suffer without giving too much away. He doesn't wind up suffering the same fate as his father. He does not. And it gets more in depth into the whole story of, of what Shining is yes. and people that other people that have this power Correct. and other people who um, try he, to usurp and feed off that power. 
and stuff. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They they come in contact with the occult per se. Mm-hmm. And um Is yeah, it they, the gypsy people or whatever. Yeah, the gypsy yes. kind of people. Okay. And they, they like like to kidnap little children that have this kind of power. They can like sense it on them. Mm. And and they like Leo said they they feed off of it. They're basically like energy vampires, okay. yeah. you know, um, that feed off of shining. Yeah, so they obviously go toe to toe, and and so yeah, shit so goes down. <laughs> Danny gets involved in this and kind of becomes something of a of a hero or mentor or savior. Both, yeah, yeah all a little bit of everything. And this, and uh, again, don't want to give anything away, especially don't want to give anything away because the movie is coming out next month mm. and we are going to see it. Yes, we are. We're going to see it because I, I don't know. Have you seen the trailers for I it? I haven't read the book Dude. either. So. Oh, I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah this I'm looks really interested really to see how good. they. How they're going to, yeah, put it from, into from a the, two and a half s- hour movie. Yeah. Yeah, when we saw the trailer, it's looked to be in line with what the book is. The one trailer we did see. Yeah. Other than her hat is straight up instead of at an ungodly angle, but. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're very specific about that in the book. So I was like, how is she wearing her hat like that? But Okay. Yeah, maybe they'll, maybe they'll address that. You never know. Yeah, maybe. But so, um, yeah, and it's we'll see. Hopefully, it, hopefully, it's more true to the book. If not, maybe the changes they make will be good, and not like eleven, twenty-two, sixty. Right, and it stars you and McGregor, who's one of my favorite actors. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, we're gonna not talk too much more about Doctor Sleep because no. hopefully, we will go see the movie, and then we'll talk a little more in depth about it. But um, as far as the book, yeah, I give it a thumbs up. Yep, and definitely. Vito will just have to check it out. Maybe I'll wait and see. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to another one that was a book and then an adaptation. We had 2014. We had the first of, I think the, there were three books that Correct. actually. it's a trilogy. For it's this a one. trilogy. And the first book was Mr. Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Now, Meg, you're not familiar with Mr. I Mercedes, I have no right? idea about but this one. you read Mr. Mercedes. I did the audiobook for this one. Right. Um, and it was really good, actually. Um, I did not read the second or third one, and I have not seen the movie or TV show. So yeah. let's explain real quick about the book. Basically, it's a serial killer who is taunting a police officer who is on the verge of committing suicide because he's had right. it with living. And this guy kind of drags him back into it by sending him notes and saying, hey, this is me. I dare you to come find me. And he gives these clues. Right. Um, so this guy gets on the case and tries to find out who he is. Um, there's like a love story, and the serial killer is just fucked up. And the ending is pretty crazy. Um, right. And it leads up to the sequels, obviously. But there's one scene, man, that just really got me where the serial killer, you get like a backstory of when he was growing up and he had a little brother and his mom, mm-hmm. and how his mom like turned her back when he like pushed him down the stairs. And that scene was like, holy fuck, dude, that's fucking crazy. It's a dark <laughs> book. I mean, you know, saying that about Stephen King is kind of redundant. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Mr. Mercedes is a dark book. I, I did the same. I listened to the audio book. I didn't uh, read or listen to Finders Keepers or End of Watch. Mm. I want to. I heard that Finders Keepers and stuff, I heard mixed things about those yeah. and stuff. So again, it's another one of those things where it's sort of fallen by the wayside. But I haven't watched the series at all because I know that the series is supposed to kind of cover all of it, I think. Oh, okay. It's supposed to be all three. I see. Even though it's just called Mr. Mercedes, I believe. So I'm holding off on that. I've heard mixed things about it, but just based on the first book, yeah, I, I give it a thumbs up. It's worth looking into. It's worth listening yeah. to. You agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> and then we get into 2017 and 2019, which saw the two-part movie uh series which was the remake the revisitation of it we all saw this when mm-hmm. saw it that we just last month we went and saw part two at mm-hmm. the theater together we did a movie review and it chose not to release it and the reason being is because i felt like it would be better to talk about it now like in the context of all, the whole thing and everything they they still took liberties and change things. For one thing, they made it more modern-ish. They made it so that the kids grew up in the 80s, mm-hmm. in 88, not 58, and then transposed it over to 2018 or, or 2016 yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with that. I 
didn't have a problem with a lot of the changes. And there was some stuff that they that's different from the 90s miniseries that is cool because it's more like the book. And some of the stuff they did incorporate from the book, I'm like, oh, that's good. They added that in there. Like, I dug it. But I don't know, guys. The more I've thought about it since then, and I've watched both Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 of The New It. I've watched it a few times since. I... I like it less and less, and I really feel like I like the 1990 miniseries much, much better. Well, it's almost perfection, so <laughs> I would uh, <laughs> agree with you there. I mean, I have criticisms of the 1990s miniseries, but it's mostly due to the constraints that it was under of the time. Yeah. You know, we talked about this in the first Stephen King episode, you know. But I feel like some of the stuff that they added to make it more dark or whatever in the new it some of it was cool and some of it was just like ah uh, it didn't actually scare me like that was one of your main points I mean, yeah I, I didn't find it scary at all i thought because i thought it pennywise was supposed to be again is more of a mind fuck mm -hmm. and i i didn't get that it was more jump scares and stuff and again that's not as scary to me that's not what i was expecting mm -hmm. especially in a movie form like this Right. Where they could have really fucked with us. Yeah. And fucked with all the characters. And I, I didn't get that. So I that was my biggest gripe. Yeah, it's funny that there's like people that are like now that sit there and say, Oh, the Tim Curry Pennywise was so like funny and whatever, but you know, this the Skarsgard Pennywise is so fucking scary, blah blah blah. And I'm like, I don't think so. I No nah, man, it's I disagree. I feel like the uh chapter one does definitely have some scary well, parts to it for sure. I enjoyed chapter one much more than part two. I liked the kids and everything better. I liked the kid actors and stuff. I thought they did a good job choosing the kids. I felt like it was more suspenseful, especially that whole scene when they go to the house. That was really suspenseful. There was a lot of like, ah, like, yeah. you know, tense <clears throat> moments in there. And not I to love the second one as a comedy. Yes. Right. We laughed our asses off yes, we during did. that movie. Man. Yeah, that okay, that's true. I'm not gonna I yeah, we can't make it sound like it's all bad because no. we enjoyed it, but I don't think we enjoyed it for the right the reasons. reasons. Like, yeah, all the right reasons. It, I didn't enjoy it as a horror movie. Not at all. No. I, no. Bill Hader was just incredible. Oh, him and him and um, Eddie yeah, as like, adults, <laughs> like that's the fucking movie, dude. That dude stole the show. <laughs> They absolutely <laughs> stole the show, man. Thinking about that. Yeah. Like if I'm in the mood to watch something that's going to make me laugh like that and everything, absolutely, I'll watch it. But I think there was two parts of the second one where I literally felt uncomfortable watching it and actually kind of scared. And one of the most uncomfortable parts was that beginning intro where they were beating those two gay guys up. That was, was like, holy yeah, shit, dude, hard. this is fucking brutal, man. But that was taken directly from right. the book. And that was and one they, of the things that I said, yes, that was good. Yes. And I, I appreciate that they kind of started with that, even though it's horrific, but it sets the tone of what you're supposed to expect. But right. you don't and get that apart from at there. all, you know? Yeah, the rest of the movie right. just didn't live up to that. And then the ending. Oh. Yeah, fuck that. Oh, my God, that's... I don't. I don't want to spoil it. For I, people. We've been pretty good about not so spoiling the endings, lame. but the ending is so lame. Not just the ending, just what they did with Mike's character just really pissed me off, dude. I know you I, didn't like that. I I didn't like it either. It didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. But I just even what they did with it, the way they yeah. so-called defeat it at the end. I'm like, that's it. Like yeah. no pun intended. Like that. <laughs> that's all you got. Like that. You know, oh, it was, I, I, again, folks, you'll have to watch it. I mean, I know it's, again, I guess they felt like, well, it's a little bit more true to the book or whatever. I, oh, man. If they did that, they might as well go all the way with the damn turtle. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to go there, just go. Because they were hinting it all over the place yes, during they chapter were. one and chapter two. Uh -huh. So I I'll was be fully honest expecting with you. Yeah, from... I'll be honest with you. At this point, at the way it ended, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I would have just been more accepting if you just went straight book and added the fucking mystical turtle into it. Yep. I'm going to give the It chapter one and two remakes, I'm going to give it a thumbs up because it is enjoyable. 
right? I mean, I yeah, think we all sure. enjoy yes. it. It's each, each one is enjoyable for its own reason, though. And so. it does have scary parts in it. The first one in particular. Yeah, dude. The weird things in the background, those yeah, people creeping around in the Mesquite, background. Muschietti's really good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. like, yeah, and <laughs> right. I forgot about the old lady. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in chapter two? The two. Oh, <laughs> It's, See? Funny. <laughs> it's funny because when I saw the trailer for that, I was like, holy shit, that's going to be so fucking scary. But then oh when we God. saw it, we're like, holy shit, that's so fucking funny, <laughs> man. Yeah. And I think that was an unintentionally funny. Yeah. I, and that's what I'm saying. There, there's there's so many things that... for There's a bunch of things right about the new It. Chapter two, I think the best right moment was that little girl under the bleachers. Yeah, that, oh, they that was scary. They yeah. should have opened the movie with that fucking scene, man. That was scary. Yeah, that you was know? disturbing. That I understand why they open it with the with the gay couple, but that had no relevance to the rest of the movie. Right. You know. Right. And and well, it's set. Didn't it set where? Yeah, something's I, wrong with dairy. The people in yes, dairy. Yes, it right. did. And Normal it, people don't beat people up like that. And it's a little confusing because it went after them, but they were adults. Where it usually will go after children, not adults. Well, but that was one of my biggest complaints was that the about part two is that it didn't emphasize enough the sickness of the town. Right. It didn't emphasize the fact that all these murders happened and all these kids were allowed to be murdered or be pieces of shit like Henry and yeah. his friends, they were allowed to do that because there was a sickness. There was this weird like possession, you know, whatever that came over the town from it, whatever the fuck it was mm-hmm. being there. It caused the adults to have this kind of blindness and this perversion of their, their sensibilities and everything. And that was a big part. And even in, the so-called lesser 1990 miniseries, they fucking addressed that. You know, they didn't address it a ton, but they addressed it enough that you were you, you understood. understood. Yeah. You understood why these things happened and that people would constantly turn a blind eye to all the perversions that happened in Derry and all this stuff. And they glossed over it in this one. They mm-hmm. glossed over it in part two. And they could have had a strike... But and they struck out. Yeah, they 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 just struck out on it. So uh, it's worth seeing. But um, if you're expecting it to be just like so much more scary and advanced from the '90s miniseries, you're probably going to be disappointed. At least if you think like the three of us do. <clears throat> yeah. All right, we're winding down here. We don't have too much more to talk about. Um, in 2018. It was announced that they were starting a series on Hulu, which I have to admit, because of my bad, <laughs> you know, experience with Hulu and 112263, I did not rush out to immediately watch this. And I only just recently started looking into it and giving it a chance, which is Castle Rock. Now, Vito, have you watched any of it? Nope. Megan, you have. I've watched a few episodes. Yeah. And your assessment? I, I am enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's really dark, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. From what I, I know, from what little I've seen and what I've read and everything, it's dark, but it's good. It's good. It's good. And, it's, mm-hmm. and it's cool, man. Like, it's one of those things where, especially if you are versed in... Uh, Stephen King canon, you know, like mm-hmm. all his characters, blah, blah, blah. It revisits a bunch of places. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Shawshank is in there. Uh, Shawshank, The Shining, The Stand, mm-hmm. It, Carrie. There's wow. references. Needful uh, things. I mean, uh, what's her, what's What's her name? Annie... Wilkes. Um, Wilkes. She's in really? it. Really? Yeah, they get into a bunch. It's almost like a sequel at yeah, some point. Yeah, see, and this new and season, season two. is going to be like... Misery versus Salem's Lot. Right. Mashup. They, yeah. It's bringing it all Is this together. like the Super together. Smash Brothers of movies or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Is that what this is? Yeah. If you're yeah. a Stephen King fan, this is for you. But it's not done in some sort of like, you know, Ready Pokey Player Pokey. One okay. kind of way right. or something where it's like, you know, you're going to suddenly see like Barlow fighting alongside Annie Wilkes and all. It's not that, but it's it's in that universe. Okay. You know, and it's and it's done kind of like in a Kevin Smith yeah, skew okay. universe kind of way where you're like, you know, oh, there's references to things and there's little things and you're like, wait a minute, 
Mm. Oh, I know that place. That's from this book. Or, oh, that character was in this. Oh, that's cool. And there's, mm-hmm. and then what right. they also did was there's tons of actors from all the all different the movies. movies. Sissy Spacek is really? in there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, uh, Tim Robbins is in huh. there. Uh, uh, Melanie Linsky. Melanie Linsky from Rose Red is in there and plays like they have, and they're playing different characters. They're not I playing see. Carrie and you know and Andy Dufresne and all that. Then there's references to some of the things with that. You know, talking about about Shawshank Prison mm. and all this stuff. But Tim Robbins is in there, but he's not Andy Dufresne. I so gotcha. okay, it's it's a little bit of fan service in that regard, but not like I said, it's not corny. Mm-mm. It's not cornball at all. So it's, it's like a like, totally original, made for this specifically yes, kind yes. of story. Okay. All brand new stories right. and stuff, and really good. Cool, worth watching. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah I can't I'm wait to really watch it. Definitely right. thumbs up. And then uh, let's see, we got just a couple more. Uh, this one though, I think you guys are familiar with, which was 2019. So we're we're into modern in the modern times. This came out what, this month. Yeah. In the tall grass. Yeah. Yeah. October. I heard about this from our buddy Alex. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did at you? Seymour Duncan. Yeah, yeah. He was telling me, he was like, dude, you got to check this out and everything. Yeah. So, so I have not seen it yet, but Megan has. I did watch it. And I, again, it's kind of the 1408 thing where it's, you're stuck in an endless loop of complete horror. And, and it's like, I, I don't want to give too much away, but, it, you know, a circle of people. It's only six characters in this whole movie, plus a dog. Hope nothing happens to the dog. I'm not oh saying a God. word. Man, come on, Steven. <laughs> Leave the dog alone. Nobody stays. Okay. Well, nobody stays in a state for long. Okay. Because it's a repeat. Mm. It's a loop. It's a looper thing. It's a loop thing. Oh, so, so this fucks with you probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why I, I I did enjoy this one because again, it's that that stuck in the loop, complete horror, and how how do you stop this loop? So okay, and it kind of has like an like an ancient Indian burial ground. No burial ground, but it's a big ass fucking rock right in the middle of this field of tall grass. And it's supposed to be set smack dab in the middle of the US. It's been there before anything mm-hmm. else was ever in the US. Indians, okay. anything. Sasquatch? Sasquatch, everything. What if Sasquatch lives in the rock? Ooh. No, because it, demons live in the rock. What if Are Sasquatch is a fucking Sasquatches? demon? Yeah, yeah, there could be a demon Sasquatch. You never know. Bigfoot demons. Guess, we don't, don't know that much about hair. Sasquatches. Bigfoot like demons, man. Slimy Sasquatch. <laughs> slimy. It's hard to say. <laughs> slimy Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. So with it only being six characters, and I, who knew tall grass could be so fucking scary? But like, well, he went with corn. He's figured, well, right. You know, yeah, why not just tall grass? Wheat, wheat might be out of the option, but grass. Now there's a story. <laughs> Yeah, and they get like kept like getting it out of their faces. It's like, oh, you're gonna get grass cuts. That's what hurts. <laughs> what one comment I saw was they thought it was a remake of Honey I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucked up remake. <laughs> That's funny. I can see that. Well, not attacked it, by any bugs or anything. But see, imagine if it was and and they did have a Sasquatch, then it could be like a mashup between Honey I Shrunk the Kids and Harry and the Hendersons. There you go. There you go. And that is fucking gold (laughs) (laughs) but in this um the field the tall grass basically moves everything Hmm. like you could start out right next to somebody and you turn around and they're like 10 foot away from you Mm, but in the tall grass you can't see them so they're like jumping up trying to see where they are Hmm. and you jump up and they're like five feet away you jump up again they're 20 feet away like that that's that's unsettling but you never move that's cool and um, yeah, cool. and then so they're like trying to run and find each other, but of course it's hard to find each other. But it turns out the field can't move dead things. So when somebody dies, mm. you have to keep going back to their body because that doesn't move. That's how you find things in the field. Oh, okay. so it's the opposite of the time displacement un- unit in the Terminator franchise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm. So yeah, I I thought it was very. Very well done. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It freaked me out. out, So, yeah, because when I did uh, some reading up on it, I found out that the director of Cube and Splice, 
did this movie. Oh, okay. And I'm a huge fan of Cube Cuban and Splice. Splice. Yeah. So, and Cube doesn't deal with this specifically, but I see some correlation between the two. So I think that's pretty neat. Moving on. Then another Megan one uh, was 2019's The Institute. Yes. Now I haven't finished this one. I'm about two thirds of the way through it. But this one is giving me very much fringe and Stranger Thing vibes. Right. Um, because it's about about kids that have special abilities. Um, like the main one, Luke, he can move things with his mind. Just small things. He's not very good at it. Because when he's mad or something, he can move it. And he's extremely intelligent, too. And he ends up getting kidnapped. His parents are murdered. And he gets kidnapped and taken to the Institute. Um, and he finds all these other kids there. And they do all these testing on them. And they're told it's for the greater good that they're going to be in this for your country, your, for your country and everything, and that they're going to be in the, this front half that does some testing and everything on them. And they're super brutal. These kids, they beat mm. the shit out of these kids, in addition to torturing them with the testing and everything. Mm. And they can buy, like, get these tokens when they cooperate. They get tokens, and they can use that to buy like booze and. And cigarettes and stuff. And these kids are like six, seven, oh, whatever, 12. And that's what they're like, I don't understand. And I'm like, well, figure why not? They're going to put us through all this. So easiest way to get through it is to be drunk half the time. Mm-hmm. Best you can be anyway, at least half lit. Um, and then it says that after a certain amount of time, it's like a month. It's not a very long time. They go to what's called the back half. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just getting kind of into that where it's told that they watch movies as a group and they get bad headaches from it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a Dr. Jekyll and Hyde and these people seem off their fucking rockers from what it sounds like. Um, I think they've been accepted to these testings mm-hmm. as well a little bit. Right. Um, so it's got a whole kind of MK ultra testing kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I, to it. I, from this description, I'm thinking of like three or four different things. Stephen King's Carrie, or I'm sorry, uh, Firestarter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a TV show called The Pretender that used mm-hmm. to be on right. like Channel 9 or something I remember like that. that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's one more that I cannot think of right now. And very much a Stranger Things yeah, influence. Yeah, very much. And I, th- I, I'd be surprised if he would actually deny that because he's been very vocal about being a huge fan, Stephen yeah. King is, of... Stranger Things. He loves Stranger Things. I mean, and it's it's just funny. It's kind of chicken or the egg kind of thing because it's like, well, he was writing this story. He's got the Institute. It's very Stranger Things influenced. People go, oh, it's a ripoff of Stranger Things. But it's like, yeah, but Stranger Things is a ripoff of so many King tropes right. from the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. So it's all, you know. Nice family loop. It's all just right. It's just all influencing each other, which is fine. I mean, that's great. As long as what he's doing with it is its own thing, which it sounds like it is. Yeah, I, w- I read uh, the summary of the book, and I was like, dude, I got to get this fucking thing. So uh, your description is making me even more want to yeah. go get yeah, it. Yeah, I'm really enjoying <laughs> it. I'm, I'm going through it pretty fast. Yeah. So I got about, f- um, this is the auto book, mm. and I got, it's about 18 hours long. I got about five hours left. Right. <laughs> it's like 196 chapters, and each chapter is like three minutes long. Oh, that. I was like, why do you, Okay. Sometimes yes. that's good because you feel like you're really going through a story. Well, because I thought I was like, "Oh, I'm on hundred chapter 129. I only got five hours left. I can't have that many more chapters. Maybe four or five more chapters." No, there's 196 <laughs> more chapters. I was like, "Oh," <laughs> but at least they're sh- all sh- stupid short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this a thumbs up? Yes. Then? Yes. This is a, yes. I'm very much enjoying this. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear what you think of it once it's once over. I'm done. Yeah, I was yeah. doing my best to get it done. I was listening all day at work to it. <laughs> trying to get through it. And... Well, I mean, that's pretty much all of them. The only other one to kind of recommend, or I'm not really going to recommend, but to mention that I, I don't care for, granted, I didn't care for the original that much, although I thought it was well done, is they did another remake of Pet Cemetery mm-hmm. that came out this year. Um, I watched it, some of it on Plex and everything kind of, I, admittedly, I didn't watch it like sit down and really pay as close of attention as I probably should have. But I saw enough of it to get the gist of what was going on. I know the story. I know the book. I read the book and everything. It's another one where it's like, you know, they try to do some jump scare type stuff and everything. And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I I don't know. 
I felt like this one, in some ways, it is more similar to the book than the 1988 or 89 version of it, but there's still some differences. And I don't know, maybe I, I felt like the other one was sad. You know, the, the, the book itself is super fucking sad. Super man. sad. Yeah. yeah. And I thought <clears throat> that the 80, 80s movie version did a pretty good job of being yeah. pretty sad. You know what I mean? It's like. Plus, it has Tasha Yar in it. Yes. yes. I, I love the movie ending of the original Pet Cemetery, though, man. Right. I was like, holy shit, dude. That's right. fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one is different and it's got different ending and they actually did there's two different endings for it they they filmed an alternate ending for it too and again i i won't talk about it because i don't want to spoil it for people but if you're into that i know some people they fucking love some pet cemetery and everything so it's worth at least checking out checking it out for the differences and how they change some stuff there's some interesting twists they put in there compared to the original but and with that i think we're done man i think we are finally done with king I mean, you know, you're talking 40 plus, you know, almost getting close to 50 years Jeez. worth of stuff that we covered. I mean, I know it's been how many hours of it, I think, <laughs> between the the one we put out in May of 2018 and now these few episodes, we're looking at five or six hours worth of uh, retrospective. But I'm sorry, folks, what else can you do? It could just, have been way Oh, longer. it could have been. I mean, we omitted a lot of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was kind of fun. It's mm-hmm. kind of kind of mm-hmm. interesting wrapping that up and everything. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, like, share, subscribe. Doing a podcast is really tough. Trying to build up a, a following, get to, and getting feedback from people. Please let us know, good or bad, what you like, what you didn't like, all that stuff. If you know anybody, if you got a, a brother-in-law or a friend or a coworker that you go, oh, they like horror, they like Stephen King, they like geeky stuff. Share this with them. You know, it's free. Doesn't cost the dime. <laughs> We're putting this out for you guys in just for pure entertainment. Yeah, just just you know, just to keep you all entertained and laugh at you know our, our misfortune. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So uh, share it around, and we will be back soon. So peace out, everybody. See ya. Bye. And happy Halloween. Bye.